Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Podcast Pasta. That's a podcast that's like pasta, not the podcast that's about pasta. As always, I'm your host Mike, and today I am joined by Brit- I'm joined with Brittany Canales, a multifaceted artist. I believe it says here on your website you're based in Austin, Texas. Uh, Brittany, how are you doing today? Great. How are you, Michael? I'm doing fantastic. Now,、um, the question, the go-to question I usually like to give to my guests is: I know I gave you like a very brief introduction, but I guess in your own words, how would you explain the type of work that you do, and like I guess what motivates you as an artist? Um. Well, I like to play around with a lot of different mediums. That's why on my artist website I refer to myself as a multifaceted artist because I like to experiment with a lot of different processes and mediums to create whatever ideas I have in mind. Um, I typically favor mixed media sculpture because I enjoy just working with my hands a lot.、Um, I also do color illustration often. And in terms of like what inspires me to create my work,、um, I mean I'm sure all artists agree that we base it off of like how we see the world and our own personal reflections. But I typically like to highlight moments of like transformation in my own personal life in reflection to how society is transforming, or at least the way I see how society and myself are transforming at any given time. Um, and I usually like to display these through like symbols or imagery. Maybe not so directly. Sometimes my art is only able to understand if I kind of give like context, or sometimes I make it more obvious, just depending on what I'm trying to portray.、Um, and sometimes I use images that depict some kind of like transition. So I'll use medium or objects in my work, such as like stairs or windows, or just places of like displacement, sort of, in my work. Or I use like symbols found in nature.、Mm. Very cool. Very cool.、Uh, now I've had like a few other artists from like different types of backgrounds on the show, so I guess I'm and you know, usually with different like、uh, I guess how would you say like forms of training. Like some are self-taught, some have you know been trained more in a college. So I guess、um, for you, like how was your education in art? And I guess like I guess even before like being、uh, like if you. Did or didn't go through education? Like, I, I guess, how did you get started, like making art, essentially? Um, my mom always likes to joke that I started like as soon as I was born. She always says like I was basically born with holding a crayon in my hand. Like even as a toddler, I would like color on the walls, just like and stuff like children do. But I remember even since a young age. I think it was like even since third or fourth grade. I always knew I wanted to be an artist. Like that's always just what I foresaw for myself. Um, and I was always just in love with it. And I always just continued working at it,、um, even in just grade school, regular grade school.、Um, I did a mural in my high school in the art hallway, which was really fun. I did an art exhibition in high school because I was in、um, a recycled art club called It's Your World in high school, which was really transformative experience for me. And then I moved to Austin, away from El Paso, in 2017 to go to college. Um, and I went to art school, and I started as a studio art major, and then I shifted my focus towards art education and arts management and administration. So I kind of dabbled in like everything the art school I felt had to offer me.、Um, but I really got to learn new skills there too. Like I got to learn what 3D printing was,、um, working with woodshop, just like a really huge advancement of resources, which is you know what college gives a lot of people.、Um, and I just recently graduated too, so I feel like I've. Learned a lot of new skill sets that I can encompass into my work going forward, so that's exciting.、Mm, very nice, very nice.、Um, so I, I guess part of the reason why I want to bring you on specifically to the podcast is、um, 
like with a lot of the other artists that and i don't want to mean this like in a derogatory sense or anything but a lot of the other artists that brought on were more commercial in a sense that um like i had nocturnal essence is uh, did like kind of comic art even though he does like a lot of personal pieces it's like kind of like he also does like a lot of fan art pieces and things like that um i've also yes. had arturo real who did like 3d like i i, I guess mm, i feel like i, I don't know if i really classify him as a commercial artist but uh i i guess what i'm trying to say is that for you i feel like you're you're not so much in that realm am i right in that assessment yeah, I think you would be right. I definitely have more commercial ideas going forward. I feel like now that I'm graduated, I have more time to make different kinds of art because I have a lot of ideas. It was mostly just, I mean, I was a full-time student and I worked, so it was just a matter of finding the time. Um, and of course, I went to school to do studio practice, so my work was less commercial. And I think I'll still continue that for when I want to do more conceptual pieces. But I also do like to do, you know, artwork just for fun or for aesthetic purposes. Like I do an astrology series. Um, that's also on my website and like illustrative stuff and I also have ideas for upcoming fan art at well But I don't plan to do one or the other I think I can do both simultaneously just depending on how I'm feeling and what I want to make But you are open to commercial art like in the future. Oh Yeah, of course I already have some ideas brewing so I'm definitely gonna hop on that soon I think I need to finish my um, my zodiac series my illustrative series and I want to do some like BTS and Pokemon fan art too I think that would be fun Oh, wow. Looking forward to that. Um, so I, I think kind of with that, you're like one of the first, I think, painters that I've actually had on the show. Um, and like my own experience with painting, like, I, I mean, I've never been like a painter myself or anything, but like in terms of like, you know, actually seeing it is uh, like Bob Ross, you know, he uses the, yeah. like, I think like wet on wet technique where it's like he paints a canvas wet and then he like, um, you know paints on top of that so like sets faster or uh, i'm not i'm not exactly sure like what how the actual technique is um how that technique actually works but i guess for yourself like how is painting like doing like traditional painting um, how, how is the process for me i'm sorry can you repeat that like how would you say the process for me like when i paint how the process works out for me when i yeah, do yeah yeah because i I mean, I, I don't really know. It doesn't seem like you use a similar technique. I think yours is just more line, like you just start with a dry canvas and you like paint and then wait for it to set. Or am I wrong? I guess walk me through how you how you uh, paint. Yeah, well, when I was in college, I did mostly oil paintings because I took an oil painting class. And so that was just, you know, um, priming a canvas and doing oil on, you know, a dry canvas, a prime canvas and letting that set. But in my own more personal practice, I typically work with acrylic and I like to do mixed media paintings as well, just because I like to work with my hands and I like to work with different materials. Um, I recently, my most recent painting was a painting for um, a zine submission called, and the painting is called Lavender Skies in Full Bloom, which is also on my website. And so I did acrylic painting on a dry canvas, um, but then I collaged with um, some recycled fabric and um, some artificial flowers and things like that or sometimes I'll adorn my pieces with like gold leaf or cardstock or some kind of collage so I like to do um painting on like dry canvas but then adorn it with other materials right 
And the, the thing I like about painting is that, like, wh while you can, like, appreciate it, like, as, you know, like a photo or, like, as an image online, I think, um, and, and, I, and I wonder if you get kind of a similar experience, like, yourself with your own work or even with, like, other, other like, painted works, is that, like, seeing it in person, there's almost kind of, like, this, like, texture that's kind of added to it, uh, I think, especially with, like, acrylic paint. I don't know, it's been a while since I've, like... <laughs> this sounds stupid, but it's been a while since I've seen, like, an acrylic painting in real life, you know? Um, but that was, like, something that I've always noticed is that, like, with the paint, like, you, you could kind of see the, like, the texture of it. So, like, in a way, you could kind of, like, map, like, the artist's, like, movements to how, how the mm -hmm. painting was constructed. I, I guess, am I onto something here? Am I just completely, yeah. like, I guess, okay. I guess, yeah. what's your thoughts? Basically, what you're saying basically what you're saying is like the whole reason why I think our galleries are so important and our exhibitions are so important because seeing the work in person just transmit a whole different feeling it's like a whole different experience to see a work in person um and like you said you can see more of like the artist's you know hand behind the work you can see more mark making um more attention to detail and you can also just like get in touch more with the feeling you feel when you experience a piece in person rather than say an image online where everything is consumed so much more, I don't want to say artificially, but maybe just much more quicker, you know, since we're just scrolling and don't really take the time to appreciate works like we would in person. Um, and we can't really absorb all the different textures and layers and details like we would seeing them in front of us. Right, right. Okay, so I am onto something with that. Okay. Yeah, um, of course. I guess, like, you, you're saying that, like, a lot of your pieces, because, like, you are, like, um, not not so much, um, well, I mean, you have dabbled, like, you did say you kind of dabbled in commercial art, but um, for the most part, like, it is kind of guided by, like, um, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of, I, I want to, like, misquote you, but, like, kind of, like, personal explorations of, like, transformations, like, throughout your life. If you could kind of, like, elaborate on, like, how that is, like portrayed in your work throughout the, like the years or so yeah for sure um well there was this one painting series i did um, a couple years ago around it was this was pre-pandemic so i think what's also important to me in my work is the way i know um just like how these changes show themselves over time like how different my art has been pre-pandemic as opposed to post-pandemic which i'm sure a lot of people can agree with because we were all affected you know all at once and individually um, but when I did my old painting series, I painted some still lives, but I reimagined them in my own kind of illustrative ways. Let me see, let me go. So there's one painting I have called I Long for Morning where I recreated um, a, a scene from inside of the UT tower where I went to school. And there's like this big long window in the middle of the main building. And it reminds me of one of the windows I used to stare out of as a kid. Um, and I don't know why I get flashbacks of that window so much, but it was just, I don't know, like a whimsical thing to me. When I was a kid, I used to like stay up until like sunrise as we all used to do as children. And it was just like a whimsical feeling for me to stare out the window and just like daydream, I guess, as a child. And I feel like I still do that. Um, so it was just kind of illustrating like this full circle moment of me of like gazing out these um, windows that show a displacement between where I'm at and any opportunities that lie in the outdoor space. Um, so that's one example. And in another printmaking series I did after that, um, one of my favorite works is my work called The Sensor of Time, or the, 
sorry, me. I have so many works on here. I'm like trying to look and talk at the same time. No, no worries, no worries. One of my one of my works is called um, "The Process: The Passage of Time Centers All Transformation," um, and this was a intaglio print I made in college as well. But it's a really meaningful print for me because it encompasses a whole print series I did beforehand, um, and it encompasses it encompasses symbolism and illustrative symbolism I use utilized in the past prints before it, but. In this print, I center a um, sand clock, and I specifically use a sand clock because in one of my other prints, Definitive Dawn, I feature like a desert scene because I'm from El Paso, and I feel like the desert influences who I am because, you know, that's where I'm from. Um, and I also feature a praying mantis and a beetle on the side of this staircase featuring the sand clock because um, praying mantises represent stillness and beetles represent strength. So I was looking to those two bugs at that time for symbols of like transformations I was going through, um, just like through my relationships in life. And as I was approaching the end of my college career, just looking at what um, chapters I want to head on out towards my art career and just my personal life. Um, and just kind of using these symbols as a way to like self-affirm that, you know, I'm on my right path and I'm just going to continue creating, if that makes sense. It's kind of a lot to like talk about in one setting because I feel like I would need to sit down and put it in writing because there's just so many layers to it but I hope that makes sense no no I, yeah I, I get I get more of a general sense of it now at the very least um I guess and I don't know if this is like too cerebral of a question um but like since your pieces are like so personal has there been like something that you've created that's kind of like like scared you either in like what it like represented to you or what it represents in terms of like your artistic ability i, I don't know if that's too weird of a question to ask or not no don't you can ask anything at all i'm pretty much an open book um and yeah it's actually funny that you asked that because i recently started being more consistent with posting my art on my instagram too as well um just to be more consistent with putting my art out there and I haven't revealed the work, the meaning behind one of these works yet, but one of them is called Leaps to Escapism. Um, and it's a sculpture I made um, in 2018 out of wood and also uh, mixed media. But in that work, I'll briefly go over this because I, I also don't know if I should put a trigger warning. Should I put a trigger warning on this podcast, do you think? Or can I just speak freely? Um, yeah, put, like put a trigger warning. I have to make sure to like, I mean, depending on what like what you talk about also have to like add it myself too but yeah yeah for sure like trigger warning to my audience um you guys know the drill Uh, i'll post it in the episode description uh go ahead yeah um yeah so just a trigger warning this piece has to do with relations to like mental illness and suicide um during my experience in college one of my close friends tried to attempt suicide and i had to like find their note and I had to like call someone to go find them and I had to and they had to go get hospitalized and I was kind of left alone to deal with that on my own I mean I wasn't I'm not saying I was a victim in that situation of course but this person was in close living quarters with me um and so I was just kind of dealing with the anxiety of that whole situation of like finding the note and basically stop trying to or trying to help my friend like not kill themselves um and so in my sculpture I was just going through a really deep and transformative time so I use imagery of like a ladder and three windows hanging above it to not only to allude to suicide but um I also painted each of the three windows green blue and red kind of just to emulate the paths that I feel like I had to escape to to hone in on myself so hypothetically like I went up the ladder to jump into the green window I hung above it 
this was just me finding comfort in nature um, on UT's campus and just like solidifying myself with my surroundings. Um, the blue window I hung above it was emulated by my dorm window at the time when I would just like look out and ponder when it was nighttime and I was just there by myself like wondering if my friend was okay, wondering if I did the right thing. Um, and the window on the right <clears throat> is, um, oh sorry, my throat's getting hot. The ones on the right is painted more of like a red and orangey kind of colors coloration. So if I were to jump up or crawl up the ladder and jump out of that window, hypothetically, it would be me leaping into like my... I'm also very keen on the color orange. So I always use orange to like solidify myself because that's like my personal color. Um, hope that makes sense. But that's like one work that's like super vulnerable and I haven't really talked about until now. So yeah. Oh, well, um... I'm 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 sorry to hear that, and you know, for anyone in my audience, like um, I, I know I've said this before when we talked about like you know certain issues of, regarding mental illness and you know suicidality. That if you know you are going through hard times, there are people that can help you. Um, I'll try and link to any resources that I can. That I always do. Um, yeah, there's always sui- there's a bunch of suicide prevention resources and things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, I'm I'm sorry to. That you had to go through that, or um, and that your friend had to go through that. Um. Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, this was years ago. That friend is fine now. I'm fine now. Um, but yeah, I was just. This is just like a very vulnerable piece, and this is just an example of like not only myself, but artists in general just use art to express ourselves. And sometimes it's the only way we feel like we can express ourselves. So it's really a therapeutic tool as well. Right. Right. I, yeah. Absolutely. I, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, so I guess being like a multifaceted artist, uh, do you ever feel like any like, I guess, uh, pressure to like just kind of hone in on like one style or like, I guess what, what's the appeal to you of like exploring like your or like creating art through multiple like mediums and multiple avenues? I think especially now that we live in such of like a, how would I say, commercial, technology driven, um, what is a social media driven culture i think a lot of artists experience pressure now because there's definitely a factor of there being you know um quantity over quality sometimes when it comes to artwork since everything is consumed so fast these days and i think it puts a lot of pressure on artists to feel like we need to push more things out um and i think i've definitely felt like what you're describing as a multifaceted artist to try to like hone in on something more specific because sometimes i'm not sure if my art is like you know all over the place or too all over the place since i like to experiment so much but I don't really, you know, hold myself back from that. I think um, I just t- I'm just going to continue making things that I enjoy and things that are relevant to me. And overall, and over time, like keep um, images or ideas will repeat from those things. One time, I had a TA in one of my painting classes, and she gave such great advice because um, me and me and a bunch of other classmates were saying that we felt pressure to hone in on like any particular style or try to find our style and she gave great advice to say and said that um not to stress so much about finding a particular style that just to create um keep creating things that you like and eventually things will just naturally keep repeating in those works and your style will develop on its own and that advice really helped me so i don't really yeah i don't really stress on trying to you know fit a particular frame or form in my work I just make whatever is authentic to me at, at the given time and I think that also just helps me represent my idea of the transformity transform transforming <laughs> and displacement um in and of itself 
So I guess I take it then that、uh, you're, you're not a big fan of the whole NFT movement going on in art, like at the moment, or like in a broader sense. Honestly, I can see the pros and cons. I just wish that the cons weren't so terrible in terms of like damaging the environment and also just making art more of like a monopoly, a monopolized space for the rich to control it. But on the other hand, I see a lot of artists like getting themselves out of homelessness. And、um, making a career for themselves that they feel like they were struggling much more otherwise to create for themselves. So I'm happy for the artists that are benefiting benefiting from NFTs because they're finally getting paid what they deserve. But、um, I think it's also bad in in the sense of like obviously the irreversible environmental damage it's causing, and also、um, the way that it's also just allowing people who aren't, aren't even artists just to control the art market in ways that they want. It's kind of just like. A way for the rich to exchange money, for being honest. But I personally don't see myself partaking in that space anytime because I don't feel like I need to. But I don't judge any artists that do. I mean, to each their own. Right, right, and yeah, I mean, I've never really been a big fan of、um, like the whole NFT movement, which.、Uh... <laughs> Which I think is funny because I think、uh, I was mentioning Arturo. I think he's more. He's kind of more into it. Like,、um, I mean, no, no offense, Arturo. It's just not my thing. I'm, I'm sorry if you listen to the、yeah. podcast. I don't know if he actually does.、Um, but I guess kind of exploring like some of your、um, like I, I was reading a little bit on your about me page and like I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm like misremembering details here, but like in terms of like where your art has been like shown, like you did.、Uh, A mural, I think,、um, at one of your schools, or yeah,、um, in my high school. My high school had a really good supportive art department, which I'm always thankful for.、Um, and the seniors in my high school, every year, the seniors got to submit an application to propose a mural to be done in the art hallway. And when I was a senior, my application was accepted, so I have a mural painted in the art hallway of our school. Well, my old high school, and in the art highway in the El Dorado High School, there's a bunch of murals painted from graduated students. It's really cool,、um, and yeah, mine is one of them. Oh, very cool, very cool.、Um, God, I'm always been so like fascinated by like、um, like mural work in a sense because it, it just seems like I, I think to like an outsider or to somebody who isn't really like an artist, like it kind of seems insurmountable to like. Look at like imagining like painting a wall like that.、Uh, I guess like like how's the approach to like like go like up like how you would tackle doing a mural like like what's your like what's your approach to that? Oh, that mural was so time consuming. I had to go back in the summer vacation just to finish it because it was so massive. I chose such a big spot, but um, yeah, essentially, I mean. Every process, every artist has their own process, but for that mural submission, I had to submit my own、um, sketch for it. So I, I originally drew it out on my sketchbook on paper, and once it was approved, I just went ahead. I mean, the wall was already white,、um, so I just went ahead and took acrylic paints and I just drew out my design, and then I just painted and filled it in. I just basically what I drew on paper, I just drew it again on the wall and painted the whole thing in acrylic paint. I used、um, paintbrushes and also sponge painting. I'm I'm sorry. Did you break up there? Did I? Sorry. What What was the last part you heard? Like you were you were mentioning how you were using the sponge painting or like that. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But basically, that's that's the entire process. I, I mean, 
I really don't know how else to describe it besides just saying I drew my huge my huge image on a huge wall and I just got to painting. I just put the paint brush paint to the wall and I just did it until I was done. Um, I do a lot of blending in my work as well, so I blend I blended with the help of the painting sponges um, and paintbrushes, of course. But yeah, nothing other than just paint sponges and paintbrushes, and a lot of time. I'm sorry, you broke up again. I said, last thing I said, what was the last thing you heard me say? Um, you, you were talking about like the mix in and then you said that, um, like blending, I think. And then it was a little bit after that. Um, yeah, that I do a lot of blending in my work. So in order to blend for my design on the mirror wall, um, I just did it like I would on canvas or paper essentially. So I just took the paint to the paintbrush and it just applied it to the wall and I helped, um, blend it with the help of my painting sponges, but yeah, um, as I said before, before I broke up, I think I basically just said that the same process I applied to um, like applying paintbrush or paint to a canvas or to paper, I essentially just did it on a wall. It just took a lot more time. Hmm, okay, okay. Um, I guess, but I, I think like one of the challenges, at least that I would I would imagine for something like a mural is like, like how do you handle like, uh, like a mistake, right? Like if you make an accidental like brush stroke or something like that like how would you like correct something like that or maybe is, is it more lenient than like i'm aware of because you know again i haven't really painted murals or anything like that remember really encountering that much mistakes i think since i chose such a big chunk of the wall and i think muralists in general we have to like plan out like what we're gonna paint first um you can even do like color blocking um but in terms of painting too i don't really you know, fixate or just art making in general, I don't really fixate on my mistakes because they can always be transformed into something else. And, you know, no one really knows if it's a mistake or not. I don't think anyone's going to point to an artwork and be like, oh, did they mess up right there? Like, no one really knows if that was intentional of the artist or not. And yeah, so I don't really fixate too much on mistakes. And honestly, I don't really make them because <laughs> I just do it as I go. And so once I'm satisfied with one area, I head on to the next. I see. I see. Very interesting. Um, so I guess being like a multifaceted artist, you work like with a number of mediums. Uh, is there any like medium that you don't think you would ever want to tackle because it's just like not for you in one way or another? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, let me let me think about that for a second. I never. I don't believe in saying no to absolute everything. Um, the first thing that came to my mind is watercolor. I don't really use watercolor <laughs> that much. Um, I would like to use maybe for like a pretty background if I wanted to make like a um, aesthetic looking background or environment. But as far as like pinpoint and detail painting, I don't really dabble in watercolor too much. Um, so I guess that'd be my answer. But I also don't believe in having like any concrete no because I'm always open to trying anything. Huh, I see. So I, I guess what's your beef then with like well, watercolors, if you don't mind me asking? I don't know. The last time I tried them, it was in high school, and I guess I'm just not used to like having less control over the medium. Also, maybe I just wasn't using like a proper watercolor pen or something. Um, but it just didn't vibe with me as much as the other mediums do. I'm nothing against it. Maybe I would try it again. Maybe now, especially since I have more practice with painting in general than I used to in high school. Um, but yeah, I just haven't really dabbled in it as much as my other things that I enjoy more and practice with more. 
right so like even beyond like painting because i know you've done like a uh, video work like um would you, would you be like open to doing like performance art pieces or like music or you know other mediums outside of like you know um you know painting or like you know digital art like that yeah i do i've i've been track practicing um digital art by making video works as you said and doing illustrations for magazines and things like that on my ipad using procreate so that's been really fun um i've never dabbled in music i will never say no to that either um but that would also sound really cool um sorry i'm trying to I'm trying to think about what sorry can you repeat the question in music what was the other thing you listed music and oh uh, like, like performing, performing art, art you know like um... yeah perform- i love performance art i don't know if i ever see myself performing myself but i don't know people change life change so i wouldn't rule that out either but i don't definitely don't have any plans to do any kind of performance art for myself at least or maybe i would be interested in like contributing to a performance art project but as far as me like producing a performance solo artwork i don't think so (laughs) but again i would never say never and i think i'm more concentrated um on painting and um illustration right now okay yeah I, i definitely respect that um now, like with the advent of online content, in particular, um, with like like what we have with like streaming on Twitch, you have like a lot of artists that like not like have not only found a way to like communicate directly with their audience, but like to actually like create like alongside them, like to like show the process of how like they create their work and things like that. Do you do you ever think um, that would be something you'd ever be interested in doing for yourself, or do you think like? It, is there like an aspect to your process that you don't like really um i guess being like streamed publicly in a sense i'm definitely looking forward to do something like that like i said now that i'm graduated from school i feel like now i have more time to create art and i'll have more inspiration um to get to art making and i'm actually working on a piece now that i plan to submit to an art gallery in wisconsin um so i'll possibly live stream that on my instagram um, my Instagram is underscore B-W-I-T-T underscore, by the way, if anyone wants to follow and support my art. Um, but I just now started getting consistent with posting because now I have the time. And eventually, um, once I start building an even more consistent body of work, I could look into Twitch and things like that. But right now, my focus is mostly um, on Instagram. But I'm definitely open to doing that in the future once I build up my following and start producing more and more work. So, for sure. Oh, yeah. And we definitely look forward to that. Um, I guess, um, so, like, right now, like, your main job is, like, in art education, you work as a a teacher, I I think, uh, when I was following your Twitter, you said that you recently got a uh, job, and, yeah, if you don't want to, like, tell, like, the location of it, because I don't want to, like, dox you here, but, like, you did recently receive, like, a job offer from, like, a school you were teaching at, correct? Yeah, art education is still a big part of my life. Um, I really like being an art educator and being an artist when, you know, I'm not at work because I feel like it's a fun marriage between the two. Um, But yeah, I recently got a full-time position. I work at a preschool for children with disabilities and I really enjoy it. Um, And it's a general education school, so I like bringing my art education skills into the environment. Um, Like one of my students um, is deaf and she loves to practice sign language to herself and her reflection. So I went ahead and like used whatever supplies we had in the workroom to make like some cute little flower and sun mirrors for her. Um, and now she loves them and practices with them all the time. And I also just like make 
artistic activities for the children and they learn a lot from it um and it just gives me a lot of inspiration because i love interacting with people i feel like that's a really vital um factor for me in my artwork too is just bouncing off of you know conversations i have with people and relationships i have with people and it's just really rewarding work so i feel like i can utilize that positive energy to um create art when i'm create more art when i'm not at my preschool job so i guess what is um like in comparison to like actually like making art uh, like what do you think is the difficulty like the difficulty change in like actually trying to teach other people how to like um you know bring out their own artistic visions in their work honestly i don't really feel like it's any difficulty um i'm an art educator that likes to reinforce with a lot of positive discipline i feel like um as you know students get older and people get older like people are made to feel like art has to be a certain type of you know level that they're not at or they feel like there's a certain you know kind of way that art needs to be and that's not true like i just tell them that they just need to make or they can just make whatever comes to their mind and whatever practice they feel comfortable and to just try new things because that's what art is you're just learning as you go i mean art is art is practice that's what it is art is practice like nobody is born knowing how to paint a mural you know what i mean like it just takes practice over time and as long as people just um embrace that and just continue making things they like then their art will just flourish on their own makes sense makes sense um so uh i i I think you said you were in art education and you also did uh what was it art management oh yeah i minored in arts management administration so i learned a lot about like um you know nonprofit works in the arts um and just uh sorry i'm like blanking because i'm hungry right now (laughs) oh i'm Um, sorry yeah no no worries um yeah, just like artwork in a nonprofit space and just how relevant, you know, arts management is, even in just like the music festivals that we know today or running art exhibitions that we know today. Um, and just keeping the art relevant in society is all plays into arts management and administration. Oh, for sure. And if, if you wanted to, we could like cut it early if you have to like, did you say like you, you were you had to eat or something? Yeah, I'm a bit hungies, but if you have a few more questions, it's okay. You can, I can go ahead and answer them. It's not a bother. Um, okay, I, I think um, just one or two, and things. then like I'll I'll wrap it up because I don't want to like keep you from eating or anything like that. Yeah, um, I'm just saying, I'm just clarifying for the listeners' sake if they're like, why is she saying um and uh so much? It's just because my brain is running on fumes, y'all. Oh no, I I do that too. They should be used to it. If not, like I don't know why they're listening. Um, okay, good. <laughs> but um. So, like, with art management, that, that wasn't, like, really any focus on, like, the economics of art or, like, selling and buying art pieces. Like, it, it wasn't really in that field or does does it incorporate any aspect of that? Yeah, that's definitely important, incorporating into arts management as well. Um, arts management just encompasses, it's like a, an umbrella term for, like, everything that involves, you know, artists and the public. So you can imagine how, you know, the diversity that ranges within that. So of course, you know, that considers nonprofit organizations or arts organizations, music festivals, movie festivals, concerts. Um, Obviously, you know, so many budgeting and planning and marketing goes into all of those things. So it's literally just anything that unites the art and the public is where arts management comes into play and where arts planning comes into play so yeah that's definitely included 
Right, I see, I see. Because, like, what's always interested me, I guess, about, like, that, that field is, like, the actual, like, the buying and selling of, like, art pieces, like, physical art pieces, you know, the actual, like, um, economics of it. And uh, it feels very, like, loose in a way because it's not so much things are necessarily priced compared to, like, what the uh, materials were used to create it's more so it takes into like factors like such as like the demand of it and things like that um are there any insights you could provide into like the, the nature of like selling and trading art pieces in like that manner yeah well i think it depends mostly on um what platform you're selling them through i mean it really just depends on um what space art is being exchanged in and what the artists choose and how the artist like chooses to go about that because um, if you're talking about like traditional gallery works, I mean, you have to do your sales through the gallery and usually galleries take a commission from it. Um, but a lot of the times too, galleries are can be very picky about who they accept. So usually like it's usually artists that have like master's degree or have their names more publicized in the art world, which I think now is also why there's um, a really huge shift that I'm sure we've all noticed in like the NFT community and things like that and the online artist community. And I think that's also why there's a huge shift on um, artists just creating their own small businesses or selling directly from their websites, which is what I do. Not that I'm opposed to gallery spaces at all, but it's also just a way to um, be more self-reliant and not have to depend on institutions to finalize your sales from you and you can just do it yourself. So it really just depends on what the artist chooses for themselves and how they want to go about the different ways that they can um, exchange their works ah, i see very very interesting yeah it's definitely something that i want to look more into like myself because um back when i studied in college you know, like i took some classes like that and i always did find it kind of interesting um I guess like one aspect I want to ask you and before like I let you go is that I noticed like um, for one of your art pieces it was actually like a YouTube video like um, I, I guess like kind of like like explain that piece to me because I, th I think that's like what grabbed me most like that was a piece that really grabbed me from like the collection of your work. Oh thank you um, yeah that's a piece um, the work is called Days Till Detachments um and this was also work that was pre-pandemic so i think reflecting on it post-pandemic makes it kind of more interesting to me this was a work um a work i made it ah, sorry running on fumes y'all this is a work i made um just recording i would i just recording throughout my day um like my daily routines while when i was going through college and still kind of experiencing that situation um i dealt with with my friend that i talked about with um with my sculpture that i was that i was uh talking oh, how do I say this um this was around the same time that I was going through the feelings I felt when I made my sculpture that I talked about earlier there we go um and this was just me like going throughout my day um um and my weeks throughout college just trying to like fight the fatigue and just the everyday strain that capitalistic society imposes on us really um and I was just playing with this idea that you know we're like sold this idolized dream that like or I guess quote unquote the American dream that like we're supposed to grow up and go to school and find our dream job and then life is supposed to be good after that. Like we're just basically, you know, sold this narrative and like the step-by-step -step process of how our lives are supposed to work. And obviously that's not how it works. Um, and this work is related to um, other video and digital works I have listed on my website too. Um, but I, throughout the whole video work, I um, overlay like this pink kind of dreamy filter over it. So it's kind of like um, 
a play on like you can clearly see the fatigue I endure and like the relentless routine I endure throughout the video but it's all overlaid with like this dreamy filter that this is what we're supposed to be doing and this is great and life is great <laughs> and when I look back on it um after that pandemic because everyone I remember during the pandemic we all remember everyone saying oh like I want everything to be back to normal and I look back at this video when everything was quote-unquote normal and things were still pretty rough and hard um so I think it's just an interesting commentary on like life in general and just like the things that we endure because it's what we are expected to endure. So hope that answers your question. No, definitely. And yeah, exactly. Like what is really like normal, even like pre-pandemic or like what was really normal for people? Yeah, um, it's also like a lot of us weren't even that happy before the pandemic either. If you think about it, like the state of the world wasn't that great either. So I think it's also just a reflection on like what we demand, what greatness we demand from our lives and how we define that. Right. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, I think I, I want to wrap it up here. Uh, thank you all so much for uh, joining us today. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so in a number of different ways. I have uh, Anchor gives you like a monthly subscription option. So if you want to pay monthly to help support the show, that'd be greatly appreciated uh if you don't want to commit to something like that i also have a ko-fi account which um uh you could do one-time payments there i think i also set it up to where my ko-fi also takes uh, monthly payments all this is linked on my twitter account at podcasting pasta again that's at podcasting pasta all one word the p's are capitalized uh and if you want to shoot me a follow that, that would also be greatly appreciated uh, Brittany, thank you so much for joining me today, or for joining us today, rather. Uh, if you want to shout your socials, go ahead. I know you have, like, a website, but you also have, like, your Instagram, your Twitter. Just go ahead. Basically throw all your socials at me. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, thanks for having me again, Michael. And if anyone would like to follow along and support my art Instagram, my Instagram username is underscore B-W-I-T-T underscore. So underscore Bwit underscore. Um, my name is Brittany Canales, but I put Bwit as my Instagram username because all my kiddos, my students call me Ms. Whitney. <laughs> so yeah, my Instagram is underscore Bwit underscore. Um, and my website is BrittanyCanales.com where you can find more about my works and on my Instagram as well. I um, post more details about my work and the processes and articulate the meanings behind my work in writing. Um, and yeah, you can follow me on my Twitter as well if you would like to. But my Twitter is more of like my personal account more than my art account. So I would, yeah, I would recommend Instagram if you want to follow more for my art stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, thank you all and take care. Cool.